Well, Christmas is coming soon, and so we're starting a Christmas message series called Christmas Blessings. We're going to go through the Christmas story in the Gospel of Luke. We actually didn't start when we started our series in Luke. We started with uh, further on, and we're going back to the first part of Luke to look at the Christmas story. So really, what is Christmas all about? You know, we think of Christmas trees and lights and giving gifts and those things, but really at its heart, what we're celebrating at Christmas is the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. Uh, it's really the biggest miracle that's ever happened, God himself being born as a human baby. It's hard to even wrap your mind around that, but that is what happened. Jesus, the Son of God, came to the earth to save the planet. Really not the planet, but to save the people on the planet, to save you and me. And so God's plan to send the Messiah to the earth, Jesus was the Messiah, had been planned long before. In fact, the Bible tells it was planned before the beginning of the world. He had a plan to rescue human beings uh, from their sin. And that was prophesied in the Old Testament hundreds and hundreds of times. And this morning, we're going to talk about that a little bit before we get into the story in Luke. And just as God had a plan to send Jesus, so he has a plan for each of our lives. And he's planned that before the world was created. He knew who you were, who you were going to be. And he knew his plan for your life. And so our message today, we're going to talk about that related to the Christmas plans, we're going to talk about God's amazing plans for your life. God's amazing plans for your life. So let's go get back before we get into that about how God knew that Jesus was coming. That God prophesied through the prophets in the Old Testament. One of the famous prophecies is found in Isaiah 9 verse 6, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so this verse talks to us about Jesus, that Jesus the Messiah would come in the different names that he would be called. He would be called Wonderful Counselor. He would be Mighty God. So Jesus is God himself. He would be the everlasting father. He's one with God. He would be the prince of peace. And that plan of God that was conceived in his mind before the world was created moved forward even after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Of course, he knew that was going to happen as well. The plan continued with the selection of a man named Abraham and his wife Sarah. Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. And so in faith, Abraham had to believe that God had a plan for his life. And that plan included a son through whom ultimately the Messiah would come. But Abraham and Sarah got older and older and the son didn't come. But by faith, Abraham believed God, and eventually the son Isaac, the son of promise, was born. 
By faith, Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt, even though it seemed impossible. By faith, Moses brought them to the very border of the promised land. And by faith, they conquered that land. And so we see a pattern here. God's plans down through history are carried out by people of faith. People who perceive God's plans and then carry out those plans with God's strength through faith. Each one of these people we talked about, and there are many more, chose to believe God for things that seemed, humanly speaking, impossible. And yet, they were carried out. And just as God had plans for the people of faith that we read about in the Bible, so He has plans for your life. Plans for my life. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. You might want to jot this down. A lot of people like this verse. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. And so God has good plans for your life. Sometimes people think, well, God's plans for my life are going to be doom and gloom. And No, they're good plans. They're not for evil. They're to bless you. And God is there to help you walk in those plans, to give you the roadmap. And so today we're going to look at the story of an elderly couple, another elderly couple, a number of these in the Bible who wanted a child, but were not able to have a child in the normal time when people have children. And we're going to see how God's plan was carried out in their lives. And it was part of God's plan for his son the Messiah. And so as we go through this story this morning, it's my prayer for each one of us, including myself, that we're going to see this as an example for our lives of trusting God, of believing him for the impossible, because God's plan for your life and my life actually is impossible for you to carry out in your own strength. That's not going to happen. We can't do it. But with God's help, we can carry out his plans for our lives, his amazing plans. God's plans are amazing. Our story begins in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. And so here we have an example of People loving God, following Him with the light they had from the Old Testament. It says they were faithfully following God in every respect. A married couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were not involved in sin. Zechariah was a priest. They were serving God together. They were obeying God's commands. And the Bible says they were both righteous in God's eyes. That's a pretty high commendation by God. But... They had a problem. Verse 7, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And so throughout their whole marriage, Elizabeth had been unable to bear a child. 
unable to conceive, even though they both greatly desired to have a child. In fact, to have a boy. That was their desire. That was what they wanted. That's what, as we'll see, they were praying for, and yet it didn't seem to be happening. And as the years passed, they understood that Elizabeth was past the childbearing years, and still the son had not come. And naturally speaking, their hopes were gone. But now something unusual happened that Zechariah was chosen to go into the temple and burn incense. Now, there were thousands of priests. And every once in a while, or once a year, somebody would be able to go in to burn incense. And so out of these thousands of priests, when you were chosen, or if you were chosen, it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go into the temple and burn incense. In fact, if you were chosen once, you were never chosen again. It was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And now, Zechariah had been chosen to burn incense before the Lord. Verse 10, And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him, that Zechariah, an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. So what's going on here is inside the temple, there was behind the first curtain, there was the holy place. And then there was another curtain or veil, and behind that was the Holy of Holies. Now the Holy of Holies, only the high priest could enter once a year, but Zechariah was not the high priest. He could enter into the holy place, and there was this uh, incense stand there, and that's where he would burn incense before the Lord. And so he went in there. The people were praying outside. The people outside could not see Zechariah inside the curtain anymore. They could not hear anything that happened there. And suddenly, as Zechariah was there, close to the presence of the Lord in the Holy of Holies, an angel appeared to him. And as always occurs when angels appear to people, he was afraid. And you and I would be afraid if we saw an angel. And uh, sometimes I hope to see an angel, and at other times I hope not to see an angel. So... We'll let God decide. So far, I've not seen one yet. So, as Zechariah had not expected to see an angel, he had no idea this angel would appear. And he had no idea what was going to happen next. He didn't know if he was in trouble or, or what was going to happen. So, God's plans are not always predictable. God's plans are always amazing. So even though Zechariah and Elizabeth were elderly and perhaps they might have thought their lives were coming to an end, their hopes and dreams for a family had not come to fruition yet. But God still had an amazing plan for their lives. As long as a person is alive and breathing, God has a plan for your life. Something that God had been preparing them for years. And at this special day, this day where they chose, I believe, by casting lots for Zechariah to go in to burn the incense, God had prepared for an angel to appear. And 
Of course, as we see throughout Scripture, Zechariah was gripped with fear, not knowing what was going to happen to him next. But let's just put ourselves in Zechariah's place. You know, many people think that God's plans have passed them by. They think they're either too young to be used by God or too old for God to do anything in and through their lives. But the truth is, no matter what your age is today, whether you're younger, middle-aged, older in life, God has a plan for your life. That's why you're alive. That's why you're breathing. He has something for you to accomplish. And God's plans for your life are amazing. They're far beyond anything that you could dream up. God's plans for your life are not just amazing, they're amazingly good. As we read in Jeremiah 29.11, God's plans for your life are for good and not for evil. Some people think, oh, God's out to get me. Well, God wants to bless you. Now, there are some conditions for that blessing, but God wants to bless you. He has good plans for each and every one of us. Now, God's plans for your life and my life cannot be accomplished with our own strength, cannot be accomplished with our own ingenuity. We can only do it with God's help. So, let's begin this morning by, let me just uh, back this up once, and um, we're going to say something together. I'd like you to say with me, God has amazing plans for my life. Are you ready? God... Oh, don't until I start, okay? You're already on it, okay? God has amazing plans for my life. Say it again. God has amazing plans for my life. So you can get up in the morning, God has amazing plans for my life. You can go to bed at night, God has amazing plans for my life. God surely does. But God's plans require faith. Now the angel is going to talk to Zechariah, verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. And so the angel had not bad news. He had very good news for Zechariah. And we learn that Zechariah, and I'm sure his wife Elizabeth, had been praying for years and years for a son. In fact, I believe it's implied they've been praying for this son, even though, humanly speaking, it was impossible. They kept on praying. They didn't give up. The Bible tells us that when we pray according to God's word, when we pray according to God's will, he hears us. And it says if he hears us, we know we have the answer for, to our prayers. And so they were praying according to God's will. He heard their prayer, and Elizabeth would have a son. The son was be, to be named John, and it would bring much joy and gladness into their lives. They would have a family. They would have the son that they'd been praying for for decades. Now, what would he be like? Well, this would not be an ordinary son. It says he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. So this son, John, would be a great leader for the Lord. He would take 
the Old Testament Nazarite vows of consecration, to not drink any alcoholic drink, he would be filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. I don't even know how that's possible, but that's what happened with John. This is one of many verses in the Scripture indicating that the unborn child is a person worthy of as much dignity, life, as any one of us. John would be a prophet who would turn many Israelites to the Lord through his ministry. Verse 17, and he will go before him, before Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And so Zechariah and Elizabeth would bear a son who would have a very important, a monumental plan for his life. He would be the forerunner of the Messiah who had been promised for thousands of years. He would be a prophet. He would have the spirit and the power of the great prophet of the Old Testament, Elijah. Luke quotes from Malachi 3 to say that John, this is, would become known as John the Baptist, he would restore families in many ways. And finally, he would prepare the people he ministered to to be ready to receive and follow Jesus, the Messiah. He was the forerunner, the one who went before Jesus. Now, this was earth-shaking news for Zechariah as he listened to the angel speaking to him and telling him about this plan, not only for he and Elizabeth to have a son, but this amazing plan that God had for this son, for John. There had been no prophets in Israel for almost 400 years. The prophet Malachi had prophesied 400 years before that. And now God was going to basically bring in the last of the Old Testament prophets in their son, John. John would be the forerunner of Jesus, the Messiah, God in the flesh. And this was all amazing news to Zechariah. I mean, this was beyond what he and Elizabeth had dreamed. They just wanted a boy. They just wanted a son. But God had even greater plans. Now, Zechariah would have to believe that God really would send he and his wife Elizabeth a son in their old age. God's plans always require great faith because oftentimes they're beyond our understanding of how they could possibly happen. So God's plans for your life and my life can never be accomplished in our own strength and skill. The plans, if the plans that God had for us could be accomplished easily by us, or if you think the plans that you have for your life, you can easily accomplish, that's probably not God's plan or it's not the entirety of God's plan for your life. God's plans for your life will always cause you to have your face stretched. They'll always cause you, oh God, do you really want me to do this? Is yes, I do. I'm going to help you if you will believe me. 
God's plans have a goal in one way or another of expanding, extending God's kingdom. They're not just about you. You see, God gave Zachariah and Elizabeth a son because they wanted him for their family, but this son had a much greater mission than just to be the son of Elizabeth and Zechariah. And God's plans for your life and my life have in one way or another a goal of expanding God's kingdom on the earth. In one way or another, God's plans for our lives have to do with seeing lost saved, seeing the sick healed, seeing the oppressed set free. And those plans can only be fulfilled through the power of the Holy Spirit. So God's plans require faith to be fulfilled. But God's plans will be fulfilled. Verse 18, And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. So Zechariah replies to this amazing plan, this amazing future the angel had told him about. In the New Living Translation, he's, it translates what Zechariah said, how can I be sure this will happen? How can I be sure this will happen? He says, you know, just in case you didn't know, angel, I'm very advanced in years. My wife is very old, and we're well past the childbearing normal years. Now, I think if I read into this, I think angels have feelings, and I think this angel was offended. This angel was, I am an angel. Uh, I'm not just any angel, I'm Gabriel. I'm, I'm like one of the top angels in heaven. I stand in the presence of God, and I've come to tell you, and you're asking me how you can be sure? The angel could not believe Zachariah was doubting him. God had dispatched Gabriel to speak to Zachariah and to give him this plan in advance. But unbelief always has consequences. The angel continued in verse 20, And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. So all this conversation was taking place behind the veil. The people couldn't hear it. They couldn't see what was going on. Zechariah was there longer than they had expected him to be because of this conversation with the angel. And because Zechariah did not believe the angel's words, which were, he was just relaying the words of God, the angel brought basically a form of judgment on Zechariah. He would not be able to speak anymore until the plan was fulfilled, until the baby came. In fact, that punishment uh, was appropriate because Zechariah had revealed his unbelief through his words. He had spoken un unbelieving words. He did not believe the angel's words. Now, it's my speculation, it's not in Scripture, is that once the angel said, you'll be mute, and Zachariah tried to talk and he couldn't anymore, I think he believed at that point. 
I think, you know, I better believe right now because uh, I don't know what's going to happen next if I don't believe. And uh, this angel is the real deal. And uh, this has happened to me. I, I believe now that this son is going to be born. Now, notice that Zechariah's lack of faith did not abort God's plan. It still was carried out. It simply caused God's judgment to come on him for a period of nine months. Verse 22, And when he, that Zechariah, came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. And so Zechariah finally came out from behind the curtain in the holy place. Uh, nobody else saw the angel, only Zechariah saw, but they knew something had happened because he could not speak. He was speaking when he went in and he came out, he could no longer speak. He continued to carry out his duties in the temple, which was a two-week time, and then he went home. Verse 24, after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. And so the word of God spoken to Zechariah through the angel came to pass. He and his wife conceived, and they praised the Lord for granting a son. The beginning of the angel's words had come to pass. And God's plans were fulfilled, despite Zechariah's initial unbelief. Now, you and I don't need an angel to appear to us to have an amazing plan from God. Can angels still appear to people? Yes, they can. They're still angels. I mean, nothing has changed in the spiritual world between then and now. Uh, some people claim to have seen angels. I've never seen one. I don't dispute that people do see angels. I don't believe everybody who claims to have seen an angel has seen an angel. Uh, I don't believe that everybody, everything people say the angels tell them is necessarily true. I don't think an angel would tell anything other than that's found in God's Word. I don't want to get into it too deeply here, but um, uh, the devil can appear as an angel of light. So there are fake angels that are really demons, and they do tell you things that are not true. So we have to be careful. But that's beside the point here. But we don't need an angel to appear to us to learn of God's amazing plans for us. God speaks to us in many different ways to reveal what He wants for us to do with our remaining days on this planet. And God's overall plan for His kingdom is going to be fulfilled no matter if we follow His plan or we don't. But God wants to offer you and me the privilege of being part, of partnering with Him to extend his kingdom on this earth. And as believers, that's what we are privileged to do. God wants each of us to have plans for the future that he has given to us, that are our goals, that are our vision to carry out in our lives. God wants to give us plans that are more than us just Dreaming something up. He wants to give us his plans. He wants to give us plans that are greater than simply 
having a job, putting food on the table, retiring and going to heaven. He wants us to have plans. He has plans for our lives that involve impacting our world. Impacting our world for Jesus. Impacting other people's lives for eternity. Sometimes the plans that we have for our lives are God will show us they're in conflict with the plans that He has for us. And then He calls on us to adjust our plans to come in line with His. How do you know God's plans for your life? By understanding God's overall plans from the Word of God and then hearing His Spirit speak to you as you pray and ask Him to reveal His plans to you. And as you do that, He will show you what you are to do. Oftentimes, He doesn't reveal the whole plan all at once. He'll just reveal the next step. Sometimes He does. Here we have almost the whole plan for John's life mapped out. Sometimes He will just reveal the next step for you and His plan for your life. Other times, He'll reveal a long-range plan. But He'll always give you enough guidance for you to take the next step that you know the next thing that he wants you to do. So we are privileged to be part, as believers, part of God's plan uh, for this world. And God has created you for this particular time in history. So rather than grumbling about being alive in 2022 and all the stuff going on, You've been privileged to be alive in this day. In 2022, God has created you to live in this day. He's given you everything you need to be effective for Him in this hour and this day. No matter what's going on in our world, God's plans will be fulfilled and He wants you and I to play our part in those plans. So in our story today, we see God's amazing plans for this elderly couple, Zachariah and Elizabeth, to bring a son into the world who we still read about today. A very famous son, John the Baptist, who had an amazing, amazing, not long life, but immensely impactful life. Do you know what God's plan for you is? Do you know what the next step is? If you do, are you believing God for it? Are saying, that's too hard, God, I can't do it? Don't say things like that. Say, God, with your strength, I can do it. I can carry out your plan for my life. God's plans for our life often seem impossible. And sometimes they seem far too big for us. And sometimes we just say, God, what's the next step? That's, you know, what's the next step in the journey that you have for me? I want to take that step and then tell me the next step. And as we follow God's steps for our lives, he gives us the strength and faith to be successful in his plan for our lives. And ultimately, God's plan for each of our lives is all about his kingdom coming, his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're all about. That's what we pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what John the Baptist's plan, God's plan for his life was all about. That's what God's plan for each of our lives is all about. We want to see God's will done on earth 
as it is in heaven. That's God's will, and that's what his plans are all about. Now to begin, to begin on God's plan for your life, each of us has to be a believer. To become a believer in Jesus, to follow him, to follow Jesus is to follow God's plan for your life. That's God's plan for everyone's life that he's ever created, to follow Jesus, but not everyone does. To follow Jesus, you need to repent of your sin, and sin ultimately is following our plan for our lives rather than God's. It's the essence of sin. We need to repent of following our own plan for our lives, turn away from that, and choose to believe in Jesus to forgive our sin of following our own plan and to give us a new plan. And we submit our lives to Him to follow His plan for our lives. So this morning, we're going to pray. I'd like to ask everyone to bow your heads right now. We're going to pray. And if you'd like to pray this prayer with me for the first time today, I'd like to ask you to slip your hand up uh, briefly. If you'd like to recommit your life to Jesus Christ this morning, following his plans for your life, uh, slip your hand up as well, and then you can put it back down again. Thank you for those hands. Let's pray. Father, Today we repent, we turn away from the plans that we've dreamed up for our own lives that are not your plans. We repent for the times that we've sinned in our lives and done things that we know were displeasing to you. Please forgive us. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. He rose from the dead and I submit my life to his. I submit my life to him, to follow him as my Lord and Savior, to follow his plan for my life going forward. Father, we thank you that your plans for our lives are absolutely amazing. They're plans that are going to impact eternity forever and ever. They go far beyond what we can see with our eyes. God's plans for our lives Help us to see they are going to last forever. Forgive us for the times when we've followed after little plans that just were about us and were not about you. Give us the faith to believe you for the big things that you have for each and every one of us. We thank you that even though your plans seem Difficult, even though your plans seem even impossible to us. That you have the power and authority to give to us to help us to fulfill those plans. God, we pray that you'd open each and every person's mind and heart here today to receive your plan, plans for their life. To receive your plans for tomorrow, for this next month, for the next year, and beyond. We pray you take away all discouragement from people as they look to the future, and you replace that with hope and encouragement because you have good things in store, plans to give us a future 
and a hope. We pray for anyone here or anyone listening to my voice who feels like their future seems hopeless. We pray you give them hope because your plans always bring hope. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.